Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and gift mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customize paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Tonight, on his first full day in office, President Biden declares war on the coronavirus pandemic. The 46th president unleashes the federal government to fight the worst health crisis in a century. A 200-page plan to open schools, improve testing, and speed up vaccine delivery. The rollout has been a dismal failure thus far. And Dr. Anthony Fauci returns to the briefing room for the first time in over two months. One of the new things in this administration is if you don't know the answer, don't guess. (laughs) The death toll could reach half a million by Valentine's Day. More than a dozen states starting to run out of the vaccine. The wait at Dodger Stadium, up to five hours. And that's with an appointment. Plus, could that coronavirus variant in South Africa mean we need to get a COVID vaccine annually? Convicting Trump? Republicans asked to delay the impeachment trial until February. Manhunt intensifies. The FBI ups the reward $75,000 for information that leads to the arrest of the person who planted pipe bombs near the Capitol. And new arrests, including a man accused of beating an officer with a hockey stick. The new White House. After a $500,000 deep clean, the makeover, including the new artwork and the return of dogs to the White House. The Mega Millions jackpot nearing $1 billion when you need to buy a ticket to win. And in a star-filled inaugural celebration, it was a 13-year-old who stole our hearts. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with breaking news, what President Biden calls a full-scale wartime effort to roll back the devastating tide of the coronavirus. On his first full day in office, Mr. Biden signed a flurry of executive orders and directives, actions the White House says are the first step in a national strategy to dramatically increase vaccinations, enforce mask wearing, and reopen schools. Well, tonight, cities and states across the country say that new plan can't come soon enough, saying they are running low on doses of the vaccine, along with the supplies needed to administer the shots. But with Americans now dying at a rate of more than 4,000 a day from the virus, the president says the country should expect things to get worse before they get better. Predicting another 100,000 people in the U.S. will have been killed by the virus by this very time next month. And tonight, the president's chief medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, is also warning that new and more contagious variants of the virus could soon lead it to spread even faster here in the U.S., leading to even more hospitalizations and deaths. So as you can see, it's been a busy day here in Washington. Our team is standing by to cover all the major headlines. CBS's Nancy Cordes is going to lead us off tonight from the White House. Good evening, Nancy. Good evening, Nora. The new president signed 10 executive orders today and two presidential memos, all of them designed to give the nation's pandemic response a much-needed shot in the arm. Ms. Nesbon is setting up the pandemic testing board. President Biden put a pen to his promises today, even as he slammed his predecessor. For the past uh, year, we couldn't rely on the federal government to act with the urgency and focus and coordination we needed. And we have seen the tragic cost of that failure. Three to four thousand deaths per day. One of the new executive orders mandates the use of masks in airports and on planes, trains and intercity buses. Another invokes the Defense Production Act to speed production and delivery of COVID tests, masks, and other PPE. The president also released a plan to establish national standards for vaccine distribution and school reopenings. It is so detailed, it is over 100, it's 198 pages. Without clear federal guidelines, states and cities have had to craft their own COVID plans. A rocky process marked by vaccine delays and canceled appointments. Needless to say, I wanted to cry just because I never thought I'd be so excited to get a vaccination as I was for this one. And let your arm go slack by your side. Biden aides concede they are unlikely to meet their goal of 100 million vaccines in the next 100 days unless Congress provides another booster shot. The new administration is pushing a $1.9 trillion package with funding to build community vaccination centers and to hire 100,000 public health workers. We'll also task the Department of Health and Human Services to prepare and expand the pool of medical professionals who can administer the vaccine. Mr. Biden was joined today by a familiar face, his chief medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who frequently disagreed with President Trump. Now he's been wrong on a lot. Today, Fauci said his new boss has a very different management style. One of the things that was very clear as recently as about 15 minutes ago when I was with the president is that one of the things that we're going to do is to be completely transparent, open and honest. If things go wrong, not point fingers, but to correct them and to make everything we do be based on science and evidence. 
And while the 45th president often made rosy predictions about the virus. It's going to disappear. It is disappearing. Today, the 46th vowed not to sugarcoat the facts. The brutal truth is it's going to take months before we can get the majority of Americans vaccinated. And Nancy Cordes joins us now. And Nancy, this is the first time there has been a national plan. And I understand you have some new reporting on just how quickly this plan is being rolled out to the states. That's right, Nora. We're already hearing from some state officials who tell us they are getting more outreach from key federal agencies just within the past 24 hours of this new administration, including, crucially, offers of help from FEMA to set up and staff mass vaccination sites. That help is needed. Nancy Cordes, thank you. Well, tonight, while nearly 20 million doses of COVID vaccines sit in freezers across the country, health officials in many states say they don't have enough vaccine. So far, about 17 and a half million Americans have had at least one COVID shot. To explain why, here's CBS's Mola Lange. The race to vaccinate hits a major setback. We are running out of vaccine and we need more now. It's happening across the country. Promised doses not delivered. New York City today closed 15 vaccine centers and canceled 23,000 appointments. It's deeply disheartening, and honestly, it does create a little bit of sense of panic. This as stadiums and other large venues continue to be transformed into vaccine megasites. It's very disappointing, and once we can get more supply, we can vaccinate more people. But uh, it's out of our hands. In Detroit... We've got the convention parking structure where we could handle 25,000 vaccinations a week. And right now we're scheduling 6,000. At Dodger Stadium, wait times for scheduled vaccines are reaching five hours. And California health officials are saying the state may not vaccinate all of its high-risk, high-priority seniors over 65 until June. Also tonight, growing concern over new strains of the virus, especially one first detected in South Africa, which could be somewhat resistant to the current vaccines. One researcher in South Africa tells CBS News the strain is almost like a new pandemic and may require recalibrating the vaccines, much like is done with the annual flu shots. Hospitalizations in the U.S. continue to be at peak levels, and on Wednesday, the second highest daily deaths recorded, nearly 4,400 in just one day, almost matching Japan's death toll during the entire pandemic. The vaccine rollout, slow as it may be, is having an impact. This morning, 93-year-old Irving Levine received his first dose. Levine survived the Holocaust, but lost most of his family. His goal now in this pandemic, to be able to see his kids again. One of them, a doctor at New Jersey's Holy Name Medical Center. His will to survive has been incredible. In some ways, I, have to, I almost believe that he's more concerned about me and my sister, because we, we are working on the front lines, than he is about himself. Well, this is one of the 15 vaccine distribution sites across New York City that are closed and will continue to be until the city gets more doses. Now, according to the New York Health Department, the vaccine appointments that were canceled will be rescheduled one week later. Nora. Mullalangi, thank you. We're going to turn now to some breaking news from the Senate on when former President Trump might be put on trial for charges of inciting the riot at the U.S. Capitol. CBS's Chris Van Cleve has that new reporting tonight. What a difference a day makes. 
As Democrats took their victory lap celebrating control of both the House and the Senate for the first time in a decade, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell plans to propose waiting until next month to begin the second impeachment trial of former President Donald Trump. The looming trial threatens to drown out any talk of Congress working together. They want to start the new Congress the very first thing with, with a vindictive and punitive impeachment trial. I, I don't think that reflects the priorities of the American people. Leader McConnell and I are trying to come up with a bipartisan agreement on how to conduct the trial. But make no mistake about it, there will be a trial. The Senate is ready to receive managers appointed by the House. And on the House floor, a procedural step forward. The Senate now formally acknowledges it's waiting on Speaker Nancy Pelosi to send over the articles of impeachment. I'm not going to be telling you when it is going. House Democrats could vote early next month on portions of President Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID relief package, while a bipartisan group of 16 senators plan to meet with the Biden White House this weekend, hoping to craft a compromise. On this vote, the yeas are 84, the nays are 10. The nomination is confirmed. Avril Haines, the new director of national intelligence, was the first member of Biden's cabinet confirmed last night. Today, to Pete Buttigieg had his confirmation uh, hearing for Secretary of Transportation America, and retired China, General Lloyd Russia, Austin's Russia, nomination as defense secretary China, is proceeding towards confirmation. And we are just hearing from the office of the new Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer. They are reviewing this impeachment proposal. We have also heard from Senator Lindsey Graham, who appears to be speaking for the former president. He says Mr. Trump supports the timeline and has begun assembling his defense team. Nora. Chris Van Cleve, thank you. Well, tonight, a reminder of the international challenges that President Biden now faces. Twin suicide bombings rocked Baghdad. The first drew a crowd, and then came the second blast. More than 30 people were killed in the deadliest attacks in years. ISIS has just claimed responsibility, and this comes as the U.S. draws down its troops in Iraq. Well, tonight, as authorities continue to round up suspects who took part in the deadly assault on Capitol Hill, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is warning that some lawmakers could be prosecuted if they helped the rioters. CBS's Jeff Begays has new details tonight in the investigation. Security is still tight in Washington. It is the new normal. More than 10,000 members of the National Guard are expected to remain in the nation's capital for now. U.S. officials believe the threat from domestic extremists remains high. This FBI poster has the faces of people involved in the assaults on police. Still at large, the person or people involved in the death of Officer Brian Sicknick. Many of the suspects are heavily armed, so authorities are not taking any chances. This video from the New York Post shows the armed takedown of suspect Samuel Fisher in New York City. After he's cuffed on the ground, police say they found a small arsenal of weapons that he allegedly took with him to Washington to storm the Capitol. Also arrested, Michael Foy. Authorities say this video shows him wielding a hockey stick on January 6th as a police officer is being attacked and dragged into the crowd of rioters. So far, more than 125 people are facing federal charges, including Connecticut resident Patrick McCoy, charged with assaulting D.C. officer Daniel Hodges. You know, I definitely considered that that might be it. I might not be able to make it out of there. Even more arrests are coming. I think anybody who participated in this insurrection, well, if I was in the shoes, I wouldn't be sleeping a wink because you know the FBI is going to show up at your door sooner or later. The scars on the Capitol building are still visible, like this broken window still in need of repairs. 
Today, the House Speaker suggested fellow members of Congress could face criminal charges. If people did aid in a bet, there will be more than just uh, comments from their colleagues here. There will be prosecution. And tonight, the reward has been increased to $75,000 for information leading to the person who dropped pipe bombs outside both major party headquarters on January 6th. Also, of all the people federally charged in connection with those riots, according to George Washington University, more than 10% of them have links to the U.S. military. Nora. Jeff Begay's tonight. Thank you. Well, tonight we are getting our first good look at changes the Bidens have brought to the White House, most of them orchestrated in five frantic hours during the inauguration. CBS's Ed O'Keefe reports it is quite a transformation. President Biden began his first full day in office, as many new presidents do, in prayer, but virtually and socially distanced. These may be familiar surroundings for Mr. Biden. He also said he felt like he was coming home. But it's not quite the same with plexiglass barriers mounted on desks in the West Wing and aides wearing masks at all times. The White House underwent a $500,000 deep COVID cleanse between administrations and immediately fired the previous White House usher in charge of managing the building. In the Oval Office, the gold drapes and desk are the same, but there's new decor around the edges, including a moon rock on loan from NASA and busts of Rosa Parks and Latino civil rights leader Cesar Chavez. On the walls, former rivals Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton now hang together in the room where it happens. Gone is the little red button installed by President Trump at the Resolute desk. What does that get you when you well, press the Well, it gets you a button? Coke or gets you a Pepsi. Another change around here in attitude, with the new boss demanding a return to civility, as he did last night while swearing in new staff. If you're ever working with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone, I promise you I will fire you on the spot. And while the first family is settling in, the second family can't do so quite yet. The 128-year-old vice presidential mansion is undergoing long-needed renovations. So for now, they'll be living in temporary housing here in Washington. And still to come, the new first dogs. It's only been four years without canines here, but aides say the White House needs to be dog-proofed, meaning the president's two German shepherds, Champ and Major, can't move in just yet. One other change was noted today by Dr. Anthony Fauci, who said it was liberating to be able to speak his mind in the press briefing room and not fear repercussions from the president. But it was only day one. We'll see if that holds. Nora. All right. Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Tonight, investigators are trying to determine the cause of a military helicopter crash that killed three National Guard soldiers in upstate New York. The Black Hawk chopper went down in a field near Rochester during a training mission. The names of the soldiers have not yet been released. The third highest lottery prize in U.S. history is on the line. In tomorrow night's Mega Millions drawing, the jackpot is now $970 million. One lucky person who purchased a Powerball ticket in a former mining town in Maryland hit last night's $731 million jackpot, and that is the sixth largest lottery prize in U.S. history. Someone in Maryland is very happy tonight. Wednesday's presidential inauguration didn't feature the traditional parades and balls. Instead, we were introduced to people who overcame obstacles and inspired America. Here's CBS's Jim Axelrod. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. Build is a star-studded way to cap off Inauguration Day. When I wake up in the morning, It was the regular folks who stole the Celebrating America show, like the healthcare workers singing along with Demi Lovato. 
And I deliver packages to the people who live here. Anthony Gaskin, the UPS driver from Virginia. My passion is engaging young minds. Kindergarten teacher Mackenzie Adams from Washington State. My fellow Americans. But 13-year-old Braden Harrington from New Hampshire just may have been first among equals. I do not believe that any of us were exchanged places with any other people or any other generation. With his JFK. Last year, Braden's struggle with a stutter caught the campaign trail attention of someone else who battled a speech impediment, Joe Biden. Last night, Braden was flawless. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. So on a one to 10, give yourself a grade. I'll do like a nine out of 10. I mean, no, no, no one's perfect. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I thought last night was perfect. I mean, that's her opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Who didn't think Braden added brilliance to a sparkling night? Jim Axel on CBS News. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Steve Hartman's on the road with an act of generosity that brought Mr. Smiles to the brink of tears. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. And we're going to leave you tonight with another look at those impressive inaugural fireworks. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.